Thanks for tuning in to Good Friends, Better Rivals on the Let's Get Ready Network. On this network, we talk about all the things you love, like movies, TV, sports, professional wrestling, and more. If you're interested in supporting the network, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash LGR Network. And please leave a rating and review of this episode. Enjoy the show, everyone. And what is good? What is happening, everybody? It's your boy, Ferris Montana, and welcome to another edition of Good Friends, Better Rivals. Today, we like we do every single Tuesday, which you will see this on a Wednesday, is our college football roundup show. And we're, today, we are rounding up a great weekend of college football. A couple of games that were, could have been possible as games of the year. One, like earlier in the day, we had a game of the year. Then we had another one happen at the same time as the one we were clawing game of the year. And then at night, we had two games of games of the year. It was crazy. It was nonsense. Notre Dame had a great game. Alabama, Old Miss, uh, the Red River Shootout. Um, you name it. It was it was it was a great week altogether. And guys, I'm never alone. I'm always with my dog Caleb. Caleb, how are you, my brother? Well, how do you think I am? My team <laughs> lost. <laughs> yes, yes, it did. One of your teams was a part of one of those games of the year, the good old Red River Shootout. Ba 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 ba. And it was an exact, it was a shootout for, for shootout's sake, man. Let's start that off right right off the bat. It was one of our early games. It was in the morning. It was 9 o'clock West Coast. And it looked, hey, it was 38-20 going into halftime. It was 28-7 yeah. going into the second quarter. Texas looked like it was about to break the doors off of Oklahoma's chances of ever being in the college football playoff. Texas was going to prove that it is an SEC team. They were going to prove it. But then that good old Big 12 magic happens. Good old Big 12 magic. Caleb, describe that game to me from your perspective, my man. Incredibly disappointing. Um, just, oh, my God. I mean, we, we really, I, I, thought, I thought we were good. Like, the start we had was so great. I was so goddamn excited after we we uh we blocked that point um and we we were up like 21-7 like apparently 21-7 is just like a 7 point lead in the big 12 like this is <laughs> 28-7 really it was 28-7 <laughs> yeah that that's just that's just a one scored lead really yeah we can't we can't freaking stop anybody neither team <laughs> by the way neither team can stop anybody neither team they both um, stuck it up dude it was 48 oh at the end of the game but apparently, apparently, we just forgot how to score in the third quarter. We just, you know. Well, the second half, we only scored 10 points in the second half. The second yeah. half, we didn't know how to score, period. So, like. I, I, I didn't understand yeah. that. I, I don't understand. Uh, they're just, you know, hammering away, uh, which, yeah, okay, you're hammering away with uh, B. John Robinson. Great. But, you know, th- we, we were beating them by throwing the ball. Like, that's how we were beating them. We, I mean, the first play, we go. Uh, it was a pass play, and he goes for 75 yards. Why don't we keep doing that? I understand we want to get the ball to B. John Robinson. Okay, then let's get into all our pass. Let, let, let's do. Let's get another way. It's like don't just keep hammering away and do, doing what doesn't work. Like why? Why you keep doing the same dumb stuff? 
Like that's why we weren't scoring. That they, they knew we were, uh, that. Oh yeah, they're probably just going to try to run out the time with Dijon Robinson. Okay, let's stop that. Okay, and, and they adjusted. We didn't. We, yeah, man. Because Xavier uh, uh, Worthley had nine catches for two sixty one, twenty nine per, and two touchdowns. So yeah. Xavier Worthy was killing them. They have. Yeah. They don't have very good corners. So the aerial attack should have been Casey Thompson. He's like, like, why didn't he beat Huston? Hudson card. I just don't understand. Mm-hmm. It was it politics or like, cause like it, it, it's clear to me that he should have been the starter from the get go. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't like this. That's what's weird to me about this. Like you couldn't even beat him out in fall camp. Like what happened? Like what happened? I, like, and like, I don't know. And yeah, man, dude, but hey, amen. But give credit to Oklahoma, man. Lincoln Riley, he made a tough decision. He was like, you know, you want Caleb. I'll give you Caleb. Caleb Williams, man. Yeah. Electric. Just went in and just shocked the Oklahoma offense out of like out of death. You know what I mean? Because they only score seven points. He comes in the second quarter. They get two. They get they, thirteen points. Bam! And like that's that. why I told you in the Arkansas game we should have switched to Casey Thompson earlier than we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you you, you prove yourself right. I'm wrong. I, I admit it. Unlike you, I can admit when I'm wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, man. But like Caleb Williams, man. Oklahoma said they wanted Caleb. Texas fans wanted Caleb. They got Caleb, and Caleb shook him. I wanted Caleb. I, 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 I wanted Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler. Yeah. balls he was throwing. Exactly. Yeah, man. And like, like, he did it, man. He pulled him. He was like, "Nah, I'm done. I'm pulling him. I don't care." Because he hasn't been playing good all year. Like, it's not like, oh, this one game was no. Like, he didn't play good against Tulane. He didn't play good against anybody. And the reason Oklahoma won this game was because Caleb Williams came in and showed them, yeah, I'm better. I'm I'm better. I'm the better quarterback. And he hasn't played football in over a year and a half, Caleb. He didn't have a senior season. COVID ruined his senior season, so he didn't play. And this is his first football action in over a year and a half, and he does this. He goes 15 for 24, two touchdowns and two uh, uh, and two touchdowns, two eleven and two touchdowns, and then he adds four carries for eighty-eight yards and a touchdown. Actual dual threat capabilities. Caleb Williams, man, is looking good. And all says, man, you man, Oklahoma, man, they look bad at the beginning of the season. Could Caleb Williams shock the like that shock the college football world and you know actually make them play better? You know what I mean? Because the because Spencer Rattler is the reason this team was horrible. That's all I gotta say. So, um, but uh, two of the touchdowns should not have. They they should have been called off because one of them, the dudes, uh, when he's going down the sideline, he steps out of bounds and comes back in. He can't be. That's a penalty. You cannot be the first one to touch the ball. And he clearly stepped out. And they didn't call. They didn't reverse call. Was he so, shoved out? No, he wasn't shoved out. He just ran out, ran out by himself. I mean, that Marvin Mims touchdown was nonsense. That one was nonsense, man. When you, when Caleb, you you know the famous phrases about football. It's a game of inches, inches. Nah, that game was a game of millimeters, bro. <laughs> he was this close to the out of bounds line, man. He was this close. If his if his shoe size was like a size bigger, it would have been out of bounds. But it wasn't. It was perfect. He landed it right on the edge, and he fell right. Into, man, it was amazing. It woke me up. Because I, 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 I was really sleepy at the early part of the game because I usually don't wake up that early. That game woke me up. I was like, I was oof. I was like, I'm ready for today. I'm ready for college football today. Because at the same time, Caleb, as this game was going on, 
another game was being played on at, on ABC or like ESPN. While it was also another shootout, Arkansas yeah. Mississippi fifty two fifty one Mississippi. The battle of the two teams, um, the the consolation battle because Arkansas got their butt whooped against Georgia. Mississippi got their butt whooped against Alabama. Then the following, they played each other. And it showed that they are fighting who's the third best team in the SEC. Yeah. Apparently, they're very evenly matched. It's like yes. basically the same team. They're basically the same team, man. And they could have gone to overtime. But Sam Pittman was like, nah, I want to win this game. I want to win this game. I don't fault him on the call. Wanting yeah. to win the game, good, good yeah. on you, man. That's a philosophy. Because, that's because like that's what you want. You want to win the game. Yeah, and eventually, if you go into okay, take it overtime. You're the way the defenses weren't holding nobody. You're gonna go to the overtime where you have to score two points anyway. So exactly. it's either do that now or do that later. It doesn't really matter. So might as well do it now and get it over with. Exactly. And didn't work out, but that happens, you know. Exactly. Amen. Bad play, good decision. Bad play, good decision. They should have done a better play. You know what I mean? Like like roll. I don't know why people roll out at the goal line. You can't roll out, like it's 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 smushed. Everyone's well, you get smushed. well, you get one. The de- defense thinks you're going one way and go the other way, so I get yeah, it. Yeah, that but that doesn't work all. The, that doesn't work. It works on occasion. It's not like it's not proven. There's not like a stat like, <coughs> like it's eighty five percent. Like no, because people get it when people roll out. People like stay back, be like, oh, let's see if anyone seeps out. Your job is to for this like the 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 linebacker on the weak side gets. Gets the 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 running back or the tight end or the receiver who tries to seep out on the other, on the backside. Not gonna happen this time. It's well, I just think happen. they're already set to go one way, either forward or left or right, and they're just gonna all, they're all gonna commit to one thing. I, I'm saying, Caleb, if you're a competent defensive coordinator, you know to keep somebody on the backside, keep somebody on the backside protection, a safety, an, a, a linebacker. You know what I mean? Keep them on the backside so a tight end doesn't slip or a or a, or a receiver slips. You know what I mean? And, you know, and we got our popcorn. Lane Kiffin said he wanted popcorn. We definitely got our popcorn, and we were definitely ready. Any any other thoughts on this game, Caleb? I don't know what happened to Arkansas's defense. They were looking really good prior to the Georgia game. Um, they Obviously, they held um, Texas pretty well. They held um, Texas A&M pretty well. They were playing really good defense, especially their pass rush was um, re- really good. Um, but in this game, I mean, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened in the George game. In this game, they, they look garbage. I guess they yeah. just allowing all types of points going on. And, um, yeah. Uh, Who knew the SEC became the Big 12? It's wild, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah, I'm like, the SEC well, see, well, then Texas is a Big 12 team then. A big, an SEC team, fool. Oh, uh, SEC, SEC team. Yeah. All right, man, let's – like another game that uh, was, was – uh, like he knew it was funny. Like those two games could have been games of the year. Right, those two games. But then at the same time as that g- game was going on, at twelve thirty, Notre Dame plays Virginia Tech, and they have a great game. And it was wild as hell, man. It was like left and right, shoot them up, and then they had to kick a game-winning field goal, man. It was wild. And then at the five o'clock window, Caleb, two games were <laughs> happening at the same time. It was no, 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 one o'clock, one o'clock at the one o'clock window. Let's go back to one o'clock. Now, screw five. We'll talk about five o'clock later. One o'clock. At the same time as Notre Dame, Virginia Tech, one o'clock, Iowa, Penn State, in Ames, Iowa, and we got ourselves a game, man. I think the game. I think Penn State was on their way to winning this game. They were going to win this game. 
They, they should have won. Yeah, it, but Sean Clifford hurt his knee. Was it his knee or his leg? Some, I think it was his knee. Yeah. And and he had to come out at halftime. Like, at halftime, he didn't come back out. Yeah. And, like, Penn State is, is up 17-10 at halftime. And it's looking good for them. And then in the second half, Sean Clifford can't play anymore. And they had to rely on Taquan Robin, Robertson. And he did nothing. Like, he no, did absolutely he nothing. awful. See, yeah. see, that's the difference. Like, sometimes the backup quarterback come in, win the game for you, like in Oklahoma. This time, no. The, the backup was backup for a reason. He's garbage. Yeah. But here's the thing, too, Caleb. This, You know what this, this says to me? It was all about defense. Let me tell you what. Because Sean Clifford, no offense to Sean Clifford, he was playing solid, but he wasn't playing great. Yeah. He threw two interceptions before he left but, the game. But what, what uh, he did do was after he threw those interceptions, he immediately took them down the field and uh, and scored touchdowns on both times after those interceptions. Yes. yes. So he did um, have resiliency. One, um, um, They were both rushing touchdowns, one by him and one by Noah Kane. And, yeah, so he has resiliency, and he didn't give up because he yeah. knew, I can't give up. And here's the thing. It says, this says more about Iowa, how Iowa created, let me see, four turnovers, four turnovers. And they barely won the game. They barely won the game. They Penn State's defense. This shows Penn State's defense is for real. Like yeah. I know Iowa's offense. It is what it is. But you create four turnovers on the positive side of the fifty. It wasn't like they got turnovers when Penn State was in their red zone. No, no, they got turnovers when they were still on Penn State's side of the fifty. So they were on the positive side of the fifty, and they got into the red zone, and Iowa couldn't score. Yeah. They couldn't score. The defense completely kept them in this game. Exactly. Unless I would have just ran away with it. Exactly. Um, I wish when Sean Clifford they, left which the they game, should have. Yeah, when Sean Clifford left the game, they should have blown the doors off. The game should have yeah. been end over. But Penn State still had a shot to win. They still had a shot to win. But, you know, Taquan didn't really do anything, no. so they lost, you know? And but, like, yeah, yeah, it shows that I was just not that impressive. Not, they're yeah. never impressive. They're, remember the year they were they went like eleven and zero or like twelve and zero, and then they faced Michigan State in the in the in the the Big Twelve uh, the Big Ten title game, and they lost to Michigan State. Yeah, remember that? You remember that? And then they they played and they played in the Rose Bowl. People forget. Here's the thing: they forget they played in the Rose Bowl against Stanford. Christian McCaffrey destroyed them by himself. He had two hundred yards rushing and hundred yards receiving by halftime. By halftime. Stanford was up like 35-10 like by the third quarter. Like Stanford beat them by before the fourth quarter. Even like Iowa, no offense, will always be overrated. They're not good. You know what I mean? And I don't trust them because they, no. oh, they do this every year. Guess what? Next year, you know what's going to happen next year? They're going to they're gonna win seven games. They're going to win seven games because everyone else is going to graduate. And then they, they, they recycle the kids. And then when those kids are juniors and seniors, then they'll win 11 games again. And then seven or eight or nine, and then they won eleven games again. And then seven or eight, maybe. Then eleven, like that. It's always you. You can predict I was good years every single year. You can predict it. It's 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 the way the the school is. You know what I mean? The way they build their teams. And basically, Kurt Ferentz basically said, "My son's offense sucks. I'm just going to play defense for the rest of the game." And you know what? You know what that means? You need to fire your son. He shouldn't have a job if you completely given up on the offense because he gave up on the offense in the second half because, like, we can't score because our offense is anemic. So let's just go full defense, full defense, full defense. And they won by three, 23-20. It was a great game. Crazy because Penn State has been keeping 
all their opponents from to 20 points or less. So it's like the first team that actually scored more than 20 points, which is pretty yeah. crazy. But, but only by three, though. So like and, yeah. oh, would, Only by three, yeah. yeah. Yeah, only by three. So it is what it is. But then here it is, Caleb. And then at the 5 o'clock window, Michigan-Nebraska. Where what? I was watching this game with um, we were watching it with Adelia, and Michigan it's zero zero in the first quarter, and you're like, what the hell is this? Nebraska, really? You know what I mean, really? And then in the second quarter they scored thirteen points, and that, and everyone's like, oh, okay, fine, I, okay, finally they're getting good. All right, they got some flow. Nebraska scores twenty two points in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. It's 29-22. And you're like, wait, what just happened? And then they scored a touchdown. It's 29-29. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. What's going on? What's going on? Whoa, time out, time out, time out. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's 22-19 it's in the third quarter. Penn State, like Nebraska's winning. I messed up the score. It was 22 19. Yeah, they, took, they took the lead. They took the lead. This is the first time Michigan has not had the lead. Exactly. They, and you're first like, time they showed those like, like, you're like, Nebraska? That's who ruins your season, Michigan? Not Ohio State? Nebraska? Really? And they're not they're, bad. They're okay. Nebraska's okay. They're the, Nebraska's the best three and four team in the nation. You know what I mean? They're the best three and four team in the nation. And they, the only game that's really ugly for them was the Illinois game. They should have won yeah. that game. They should have won that game. All the other games that they lost, like, they weren't supposed to win. And Michigan, like, escapes with the skin of their teeth <clears throat> and the hair on their scalp. Your thoughts on this game, Caleb? Um, yeah, uh, Michigan, I know they kind of do that. I mean, they're not they, – I don't think anybody ever considered them great. Um and on and they should have lost because on on the final drive that Nebraska had the ball, or it might have been the second to last, he, uh, the quarterback fumbles and that kind of screwed, um, kind of gave him the the chance to get the winning field. I think um, mm-hmm. it set some good position. So it really came down the, the game came down to that pretty much because uh, Nebraska could have won that right there. Yeah, yeah, they were driving with two minutes left. Yeah, and then the, and then the fumble happened. But I, yeah, I don't know where they uh, Michigan ranks now. Like, I don't they're, think eighth. they're eighth. They're Did eighth. they go up or down? No, they went up one. Because because yeah. because yeah, they went up one. Honestly, after that performance, they probably should come down. Yeah, to be honest. Now you know this. This game proves one thing to me. It proves to me what Michigan is. Michigan is not is not okay with winning. You know what I mean? They they. They're the most overrated football program in the nation. They've been overrated for the past 20 years. Like, literally. Like, they're not good. And every single year. Like, no offense, the big game, those people south of them, Ohio State, it's not a rivalry. Because they're beating you for the past 12 years. You haven't won a, a one of those games since Denard Robinson's year. Like shoelace. That was the last time they've won. That was like what 2014, 2013? It's like eight years. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's like eight or eight or nine years. You're you, like, what is what is wrong with them? They're allowing Nebraska to score 29 points against them. They beat the they beat the smack out of Wisconsin. But here's the thing, Caleb. Do you think the the destruction of Wisconsin 
made Michigan rest on their loyals against Nebraska? Uh, they might have been looking over them. They probably didn't take it that serious. They thought, yeah, they could just roll over them. So, yeah, they might have been taking it easy. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts on this game? Because I kept insulting Nebraska because I kept calling them sacks of doo-doo and like Adelia kind of got mad at me. But then I realized she should get mad at me. I should be more mad at Michigan than Nebraska because Michigan like played down to their competition. This game should have been ended. This game should have ended by halftime because I remember Ohio State played Nebraska two years ago in, in Lincoln, in Lincoln like Michigan did. They destroyed them by halftime. Ohio State beat the living smack out of them. The game was over. Like, that's what Michigan needs to do. If you keep calling yourself, we are one of these great teams in this nation, and you need to beat teams like that, like other teams. Like, if Alabama played Nebraska this week, Alabama would have beaten them by, like, what, 50? Probably. You know what I mean? You know? Like, but, hey, man, you know what? Alabama wishes they played Nebraska this week (laughs) or last week. Yeah, and, like, Michigan is, like, dude, they're just, they're overrated. I don't, you know, Mm -hmm. I I ain't with it. Like, just, I don't trust them. I don't trust them, man. All right, Caleb. All right, man. Let's talk Notre Dame-Virginia Tech. Did you watch that game? I watched some of it. Right, let's talk about it, man. It was a close game overall. I want you – like, I did not watch it, so I'm, so I'm deferring to you, my man. How did they mm-hmm. look? Like, how did Notre Dame look? The first quarter was awful. Like, the, the, the Jack Cohn was terrible in the first. I know he got benched. Uh, um, and then in later – he comes back in the game, and that and he, he has a great fourth quarter. All of a sudden, apparently the benching worked, and um, yeah, he, he drove down and won the game for them, uh, which is crazy. Um, but it's again Notre Dame struggling with inferior opponents because you know they're not that that good because no, no. they, they showed that against Cincinnati that they aren't one of the top teams in the nation. And um, well, Cincinnati isn't inferior, to be honest. You know what I mean? No, I'm not saying they're inferior. I'm saying they're not in that league. Okay. Of good teams, that's why they lost them. But because they're still struggling with teams like Virginia Tech, which they should be dominating, but they're still sitting there struggling. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, but Jack Coney had to come back because his backup was even worse than he was. Uh, yeah, he, t- yeah. he was he was ter- he was terrible too. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't really have much to say about this thing because, like, I I think Notre Dame is like the most over. Like, they'll never be good ever again. They're they're a good brand. But they're not good. Like, he's like, he's like, fuck them. Like, fuck them. Like, they're not, they're not, like, forget them. Like, they're not even, they're not even worth the juice or the squeeze. You know what I mean? Like, they're not worth it. And speaking of the, speaking of Cincinnati, let's, let's go back to the beginning of the, the beginning of the week, Caleb. Uh, on Friday, Thursday and Friday, two under, um, two ranked teams played. I always want to bring up the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers every week. <laughs> Shout out to my team, Teal. Uh, they beat the smack out of Arkansas State 52-20. It wasn't a game. It wasn't competitive. And they dog-walked them throughout the stadium. Shout out to the Chanticleers, Coastal Carolina, Teal Nation. Also, like you said, Cincinnati, the new number three, third-ranked team in the nation, the Cincinnati Bearcats, following Luke Fickle and Desmond Ritter, they dispatched Temple 52-3. Like what you're supposed to do, you're supposed to take teams out. And I think there's one team that's going to give Cincinnati fits. Who's that? It's the Pony Express, baby. It's the Pony Express, right. baby. Yeah, let them ponies ride, baby. 
Flow down the mountain with the ponies. It's SMU. They're no, also undefeated. They and they and they SMU also played against them. Played this week. They played against a tricky team in uh, the the Navy the Naval Academy. I always root for the service academies. I always I I always root for them. I will never like even if Oregon was against one of the Naval Academies or like the the Army Academies or like no no the Armed Forces Academies, Army, Navy, Air Force. I'm rooting for them. If they beat Oregon, they beat Oregon. But I will always root for them because because rooting for them is is more than just football. You know, it's more than that. It's it's, it's about America. And I I'm like I'm a proud American and I'm proud of these kids playing the the like football because it teaches them a lot. It teaches them about team discipline, sacrifice, just like the army and the navy. What they do, they teach you team discipline, sacrifice, and and benefiting for the greater good. And they SMU six and zero barely beat them by seven, but playing those teams are always tricky. Like Oklahoma had trouble with Army a couple of years back because they run the option game and they and they grind it and they grimy it and they make it dirty. Like your defense has to play old school defense where it's you got to stack, you got you got to rush six and like have three linebackers. Got to bring down a safety. It gets nasty. It's old school. You know what I mean? Your defense plays old school. You know what I mean? And like like and sometimes you don't stop it. They win. They win still because because they're mm-hmm. cause, yeah. Sometimes they win. I remember um, Navy man. They went Navy won nine games a couple of years in a row. You know what I mean with like Keenan Keenan Reynolds. You know shout out to Keenan Reynolds. Uh, my heart out to you, my brother. I know you went to play football, but you know I know that you're now a Navy man. Uh, shout out to you, my brother. Yeah, man. Tanner Mordecai had two touchdowns and an interception, uh, and like he was just—it was a good game. And I can't wait for that week. SMU Cincinnati. I'm gonna watch that game because that game is gonna be tight as hell. It's gonna be great because if because Cincinnati can't get upset by SMU if they if they overlook them. Don't overlook the ponies because the ponies will get you. You ever been kicked by a pony, Caleb? No. It's not. It's not. It hurts. It hurts. It happened to you? Yeah, I got kicked right in the side by a pony. It hurts, man. You know, and imagine the pony now has like the strength of Eric Dickerson and the speed of, like, no, the strength of Craig James and the speed of Eric Dickerson. It hurts. It hurts, man. All right. Now, Caleb, let's end it off, right? With which became the game of the of the week. Well, really, I, you know what? No offense. I, the Oklahoma Texas game is still my number one. This game was cool too because this game was ugly, and it wasn't. You know what I mean? Like and like, yeah. you know. But like, Oklahoma Texas is my number one game of the week. But this game, what we're about to talk about, was jaw dropping and eye opening. But we, cheered me we, up a little bit after. Yeah, it cheered you up. Yeah, but we also have someone special to talk this game with us. Someone who's very close to this game. You know what I mean? Someone very close to one of these teams. Extremely close. You know what I mean? Could you say he's the big, their biggest? I'm not. No, I'm not gonna say it because it's it's gonna make him sound biased. But he's not biased. But he's happy. Not biased, but he's happy. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I've heard this guy say "roll tide" before. Yes, he has said "roll tide" before. That's true. That's true, man. But without further ado, let me introduce to you our resident Alabamian, the man who knows all things Alabama college football, including. Alabama A&M and Alabama State and you know all corn and you know all the I don't think all corns in Alabama sorry about that uh yes it is the one it is the only it is Hambone himself Hambone how are you my man listen I knew I was coming on here to talk about this matchup in particular 
And what I did was, is I sat down and I, and I, and I wrote a, a thank you letter to Texas A&M. Thank you, Texas A&M, for being one of the few teams that has the balls and guile to beat Alabama. Thank you, Texas A&M, for not making Auburn have the pressure of being the only team that can beat Alabama on a semi-consistent basis. So to all your fans, coaches, and players who played your hearts out, I would like to give you a personal thank you because you took down the tide. The tide didn't roll this past weekend because Texas A&M took their heart and took their soul. So thank you, Texas A&M, Aggies, the 12th man. You did your job. Because I am sick and tired of being a fan of a team, the Auburn Tigers, who every year has to have the pressure, the only team in the country that can beat Alabama, like I said, on a semi-consistent basis. It's not consistent or as consistent as I'd want it to be, obviously. But shoot, compared to every other team that plays Bama, we at least can pull out a victory here and there, even if we're not the best team in the country. So you know what? I'm happy for it. Thank you, Texas A&M, for taking the pressure off us uh, when it comes down to the Iron Bowl at the end of the year. So thank you, Texas A&M. They did a damn good job. They came out here and played the game. And I want to talk about something right here. Jimbo Fisher, I said balls earlier. That man's got balls of steel because this year at the SEC Media Days, he actually told the world, I'm going to beat Saban's ass while he's there. Word for word. He actually said ass. And then Saban later on uh, got told what Jimbo Fisher said, and he said, what, is he talking about golf? See, that's what kind of crap, see, that's what kind of attitude that gets your ass beat when you should have won the game. Because this wasn't a game where Texas A&M came out and shocked the world, right, and played like the best game ever. Well, probably one of their best games ever this year, but I'm saying like they didn't come out and like shock the world and beat them like 48 to 10 or something like that. Nobody saw it coming kind of deal. This was a game where Texas A&M did somewhat have control. They got up by like two touchdowns and they slowly let Alabama come back. Matter of fact, at one point I was watching with an Alabama fan and I looked at him and congratulated him on the victory because I saw the writing on the raw, the momentum. Yes, the momentum has switched to Alabama. Yes. As they surpassed Texas A&M with that momentum. But the one thing Texas A&M did, they had enough time, they had enough guile on that team, had enough toughness on that team to stop that momentum by tying it up. And not only that, by leaving enough time, their defense did the job, got them back on the field in enough time to be able to go out there and kick the game-winning field goal. If you haven't watched the family of the kicker, they happen to be right against the wall in the game, like right up there next to where the stadium behind the players and stuff like that. And there's somebody that has a video of them watching his, his family, watching him kick that game winning field goal. It's heartwarming. You know what I'm saying? Because like, listen, the, it's one of those deals to where because of the uh, couple of rules changes that's happened in college football and everything else. But even before that, Alabama's had one of the greatest streaks of dominance in college football for the longest time period. Like you, you had stuff like Oklahoma, as you would call a dynasty at one time, Nebraska almost had a dynasty at one time and things like that. Right. But Alabama 
has been going here and running roughshod for way longer. Like it has to, it seems like it's been like 15 years, like where they're always almost in a chance to win a national championship. They haven't lost too many games. And when it comes down to it, this just makes college football exciting again. Alabama going down like that, even Clemson going down like that for the past couple of years. This year, we know most likely that, man, come on. The uh, Most likely we're going to have two teams that we haven't seen in a long time play each other for a national championship. That makes it exciting. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you something. I didn't want to talk about the game. Y'all didn't talk about it. Listen, Auburn made the wrong choice. They reverted back just because home dude threw a couple of, like, amazing plays during the LSU. LSU was a different team. LSU was not that good this year. So, of course, he made those circuit-style plays during that game. I'm talking about Bo Nix. We reverted back. We should have never went back to Bo Nix. The man keeps making the same mistakes over and over and over again. Year one, year two, now in year three. That shows no progression. We have to change. We have to make some kind of change and hope it works. Maybe it doesn't work, but if the other guy cannot, like he's got to slow down. It's all mental. Bo Nix has the skills. The dude can drop dimes in a bucket all game, like all time long, like in practice or whatever, like just sitting there doing it all, all the time. He has no pressure of getting hit. He has no pressure of, you know, getting sacked or whatever at a big moment in the game. But when you put him in the game, it's all mental. It's all like he is like two seconds faster than everybody else, which hurts almost every passing play we do. And the second thing is, is I'm glad we fired our wide receiver coach because our guys can't catch a damn football. I mean, his numbers would have been a little bit better, and we probably would have been a little closer in this game against Georgia if our guys could have caught a damn football. But the only reason why I brought that up is I want to talk about the Georgia fans here. Listen here, Georgia fans, why you're happy that you beat the Auburn Tigers and everything else. And later on in the season when we play the Iron Bowl, we might lose to Bama. We don't have that good of a team. Now, if, if we get better as the season goes by, maybe we pull off an upset. It is at home, so we have a chance. But – with that being said, Georgia fans want to run that mouth. Guess what, Georgia? You ain't beat Alabama since like 2002. Get the hell out of here, son. Nut up for one time. One time. Let me hear it, Georgia fans. Y'all stand up one time and have your team actually beat Bama in the last like 20 damn years. Come on, man. Like, get one victory of Bama before you start running that mouth. All right? But that's all. That's all I had to say, man. I, I pretty much covered all the bases in one aspect here. So, yeah, that's what I thought. What did you guys think about Bama getting that? Uh, was, whooped. I think it was it was it was it was ripe for the opening because they didn't look very good against Florida. You know what I mean? And no offense like like I know they beat the smack out of Old Miss. I I understand that. But the first two opening drives, Old Miss ran them down the field. They ran them down the field. People act like, "Oh, Old Miss didn't No, no, they just didn't get the fourth downs. But Old Miss easily went down the field on them. Easily. It wasn't like oh, Old Miss struggled getting into the red zone. They did. If Lane Kiffin settled for two field goals, that's six points. But he didn't want two field goals. He wanted touchdowns to prove a point to Nick Saban. Lane Kiffin's hubris got him. But Old Miss went down on them, like went down, down the field on them easily. You know what I mean? And Florida stopped them on occasion. Florida looked good on them, even though Florida lost to Kentucky. I get it. But I think Florida, like the massive letdown of the Alabama game, screwed them over in the Kentucky game, and Kentucky capitalized on that. You know, the, you know they didn't. They, they had no juice. They had no momentum. They had no flow to them, and they got pounced on. And then, they, you know, they got their swagger back because they beat the smack out of Vanderbilt. And, you know, like 
Texas A&M has, like, I believe, like eight for eight NFL players on their team, and they have like four first-round picks. Keon Green, uh, Demarvin Leal, Isaiah Spiller, J- uh, Jalen Wademeyer. That's four first-round picks right there. And you know what? Zach Calzada, best game of his career. It's been two years. Best game of his career because he showed up. It was prime time, 5 o'clock on CBS. Those don't happen all the time because CBS has the 12.30 game every every week. But when they when they bring in that 5 o'clock game, they mean this game is going to be the one. And he showed up. And he showed out. Good for him. And all the other players. And Jimbo Fisher's a good coach. You know, even though, you know, he's kind of, he's fine. He's, fine. he's a good coach. He's, he's fine. But guess what? This is a good wake-up call for Nick Saban. Nick, don't be resting on your laurels, man. Yeah, you've won two national titles in like three years. He didn't. Look, I'm going to say this. He didn't rest on his laurels. That's not what Nick Saban is. That's why he looks so frustrated at the end of the game because he didn't rest on his laurels and his team still got beat. And he ain't, he ain't had to see that. An unranked team beat Bama. Number one Bama, unranked team, Texas A&M, beat them, all right? And beat them even after they made the comeback and took the lead towards the end of the fourth quarter. Yeah, it was 38 His team lost the game at the end of the game. There was a bunch of things that happened in this game that, like, Nick Saban is frustrated with or whatnot. And I don't think it's because he was resting on his laurels. He wasn't. But, like, to lose those games, like, he's always rested on talent. Like, even though maybe they make a mistake in the game plan or something else, their talent is supposed to, like, take over, right, and win these football games because that's what it's been doing. But now he's realizing, and I think the, the stage is starting to turn. There's always something that happens in sports, period, but especially in college football. And it's taken longer than normal for it to happen to Alabama. But what usually happens is you, the momentum changes, right, as a program. Mm-hmm. And you start doing stuff. Nick Saban's getting older. The stuff he does may not be as cool to the kids these days. You know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah, he's still recruiting and he's still getting top-notch players. We see it on the field. But let me tell you something. This isn't a, a team that's like stacked, like all NFL players on there right now, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, the Florida game and this game in particular, like look at what these offenses were able to do. And like you said, even Ole Miss, Ole Miss should have had a bunch of points, but they kept going for it on fourth down when they clearly could have got points in the field goals. They should have just took the points, but they didn't, and that was bad decisions. But here it goes, man. I think Nick Saban and the Alabama thing is starting to switch because it's always been a thing we even said in the geek world, right? Like you, you, you play the hero long enough to, to become the villain, right? Alabama's starting to become the villain. It's everybody in the they country wrong, that's not an Alabama fan. Yeah, everybody that's not Alabama fans don't like Alabama, right? And like you grow up that way, and then you start choosing other schools. Like I don't want to be the team. I don't want to be on Alabama and win. I want to be the team that beats Alabama, right? You see how fun, much fun these kids had because they pulled off a win against Alabama. That's the thing, man. And I'm going to tell you, like, I think the thing's starting to turn around a little bit. I think we're going to see it. Now, they do have a good quarterback. I do think their quarterback's pretty good. Yeah, Bresham uh, is very good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, they may still have a couple of good years, but I think slowly but surely some of these things are going to stop and the Clemsons and Alabamas are going to start falling a little bit to the wayside. But I will say this. The thing about Lane Kiffin is he runs his mouth. He says, I'm about bring your popcorn. It's going to be a show. And he got his ass whooped. Jimbo Fisher, I can tell you this, he's a man. 
He's a man's man. He's a man of his word. He said he was going to kick Saban's ass, and he did. I know it was a last-second field goal that won the game, but for you to be unranked against the number one team in the country, I call that an ass whoop. And doubly, two, he was 0-2 coming into the game. He lost to Arkansas. Arkansas beat the smack out of them, and then they lost to Mississippi State. That's what's worse. Texas yep. A&M lost to Mississippi State in Arkansas. Them losing to Arkansas was like, okay, you lost Arkansas when Arkansas was on fire. That's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you do that. You don't lose to Mississippi State. You don't lose to Mississippi State, and you were coming off of a loss to Mississippi State, and you and you beat Alabama. It's it's a changer. But here's the thing too, Justin. Nick Saban is a, is a mad genius in this case because he's going to use this game as fuel. And I'm going to be real with you. Last time nowadays. Because they're still proje- projecting Alabama is going to make the, the SEC title game against Georgia. They're still doing that. And Alabama is now the underdog. Georgia is actually favored. And the last time that's happened, Alabama has been the underdog once in the last 10 years. Uh, actually, last 11 years, since 2009. And that was against Georgia. They beat Georgia by four touchdowns that game. And I'm... And just here's the thing, man. We, we, you know, don't say, oh, album is dead and gone. Now I'm not saying that. I said the, it's starting to turn. Things are starting I, to shift. That, 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 they may still be a great team. I mean, because they got good recruits. They still may be a great team for like five years. But what I'm saying yeah. is I see things starting to shift just a little bit to where other people are catching up. Like the proof is in the pudding. In this game, even though Texas A&M hasn't played as a great team, right? They haven't been able to put it together as a team because this is a team sport and put it all together. They were able to in this game, right? And now you saw that, oh, man, the athletes and the talent on Texas A&M is not that much different from Bama. The difference is, is like they haven't become this program that's used to being there, that's used to winning. And all this good stuff like Alabama has, right? It's basically a tradition for Alabama to win for the past 10, 12, 13 years. Like Texas A&M doesn't have that. But you can see that if they do play a game and they do get together as a team like they did this past weekend, that they could beat anyone in the country because they have the talent to do it. That's what I saw. Ole Miss, same thing. The way their offense, yeah, their defense ain't never really been that good. But, like, look at Alabama's defense. Like, Alabama's defense, what was the final score on this Texas A&M game? was like in the upper 40s. 41-38. So, yeah, so, like, you're talking about a defense that allowed 41 points in a game. Like, so you can't sit here and say how good your defense is. You allow 41 points. And it wasn't because it was overtime, like three or four overtimes that the points were that high. It was in a regulation-style game. And like I said, this is one of the few times I've seen Alabama get upset. South Carolina, the great ball coach down there with Garcia as a quarterback, and Alabama makes a stupid fourth down call. And uh, they didn't make the fourth down. And then Garcia and then the South Carolina Gamecocks end up pulling out the victory. But that wasn't a comeback. That was South Carolina just fighting to keep in the game all game long and kept it close until the very end. This right here was one of the first times I'd seen, besides that Alabama game with Cam Newton and uh, against Auburn that year, whenever Auburn came back from like 24 down. But you've seen Florida this year almost make a complete comeback of about 20-something points down. They were down 20-something to three in the, after the first quarter. Then this game right here, you saw them come back, take the lead, and then the end of the game, they faltered. That's not something you see every day with Alabama. And like I said, I get what you're saying, but I'm going to tell you something. It's like riding a roller coaster, baby. All the ups and downs and everything make a roller coaster exciting. But if I go and ride that roller coaster yeah. every day, eventually it's going to get boring, 
And Nick Saban, like I know the players know what's going to happen. It's one of those things now where you know what's going to happen. Okay, we lost. Nick Saban's going to come and do this. Now, because the players are already like, man, I'm tired of this shit. Like now that them, them words may not ring as true as they did a couple of years ago or whatnot. So like, we'll see what happens. We'll see what they bounce back. Like, I don't even know who they play this week, but it would be interesting if they, if they had another tough matchup, who they play. Uh, no, no. I was about to say, okay, Justin, are you, are you, you finished? Yeah, go ahead, Caleb. Yeah, Caleb, your thoughts, my man. Oh, yeah. So I, uh, to add on what he was saying, that uh, I thought the most interesting part was how they won this game. Because uh, uh, Calzada w- wasn't playing great, uh, especially against uh, Colorado in Arkansas. He, he, they did not rely on him to win those. Uh, well, he got uh, injured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, they were winning because they won those games because of the running game in Spiller. But in this game, they, Alabama made sure to shut, shut him down. And they had to rely on Calzada to come, come out and win this game. And, uh, and he, give him props to him because that, that's exactly what he did. And um, like, like Justin was saying, like, I thought it was over too. I thought uh, when uh, Alabama scored like 21 straight points, I thought, thought the game uh, that it was Alabama's game to win. But, uh, yeah, and but like I said, Calzada came out. He, he uh, drove down the field. He uh, got the field goal. Uh, to win the game, so you know, but yeah, hey man, and uh, and it's exciting. It's exciting too because uh, I, I, in college football, uh, I want more chaos in in the playoff. The more see more teams and just seeing the same goddamn teams all the goddamn time. Um, so Alabama losing, I hope we they won. lose again, so they have no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about college football. There's this video on on the internet um, by KOT. Shout out to KOT. He's this great college football vlogger, uh, like not vlogger, like video maker. Him. And then there's Flimlo Raps. Like, they make great college football videos. KOT had this video on the 2007 college football season. To this day, it's still the greatest college football season of all time. Because no one knew what was going to happen. You had eight teams being upset in the first four weeks. And then you had another eight in the last four weeks. Then there's the famous incident that happened at West Virginia where Pittsburgh, who was five and seven, or like five and seven, Go to West Virginia, who are on fire. It's Pat White, Steve Slayton, and they're scoring left and right. And they beat West Virginia 17-6. We don't, like, that's what we want in college football. We want chaos. We want craziness. We want, like, oh, my God. And no offense to college football, they need that for themselves. Because college football is behind the eight ball because of the NFL, because the NFL Every, like you, always, every year you know the teams that are going to be there. The, you know, when Tom Brady was in the Patriots, Tom Brady was always in the mix. But Tom Brady never, never, he didn't, he didn't always win the title though. That's the thing with people. People are like, oh, they won six titles. They saw they won six titles in twenty years. So there were fourteen years where they didn't win a, a win a title. So we had fourteen different people, or like no, like fourteen, like other than the Patriots, like the year the Chiefs won the title. Did anyone expect the Niners to be in the Super Bowl? No. The year um, the Bears and the Colts when they made the Super Bowl. The Giants and the Patriots the first time. The Giants and the Patriots the second time. The Eagles and the Patriots. Atlanta and the Patriots. Um, like these other teams, man. Like it. Like that's what the NFL is. It's uh, um, the Ravens and the Giants in the in the early early aughts. Like that's what's crazy. College football needs chaos to survive because. We as people aren't gonna care about college football if it's the same people over again, because like you don't want to, because people want to feel pride in their their institution 
and what they watch because an, if you're an Auburn alum or an Oregon alum or a Texas alum, no one's, you're not going to watch college football if they suck. You know what I mean? You don't want to watch that because uh, you, you watch your pro team. You know what I mean? You watch, you just watch your pro team. You'll skip Saturday. Well, it's different here. It's different here because I'm going to watch regardless. There. Because no, no, like, I know because that's no because it's it's embedded in y'all. It's mm-hmm. embedded, but you're not gonna Justin. You're gonna watch, but you're not gonna pay attention. There's a difference. Watching and paying attention is different. You every Saturday you, you can watch Auburn play, but are you really paying attention? Are you really caring? If they stink, you're gonna watch because they may win a couple of games. But if they stink, you don't really pay attention. You don't really know the names of people. People don't remember the names of teams. It's, you know what I mean? They need chaos. Yeah, I agree with the chaos, but I'm going to have to say something real quick. Like, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to – because I'm serious. College football committee. I hope you see this. If you put Notre Dame in there to get they ass waxed again, I'm going to be pissed. I don't want to see shitty football. Stop putting Notre Dame in there just because they have a good record and they got some shitty-ass schedule. I'm tired of it, okay? I agree. You put them in there, and then they get freaking waxed by whoever they play. It's not even fun. Notre Dame shouldn't want to go to the playoff. They should be tired of just getting their ass beat when they get there. They should just be cool and be like, oh, we got a cool record and stuff like that, and just be happy about it and go play in some, uh, you know, uh, Hotel California Bowl or something, you know, whatever it is that's going on at the time, just go and join that. And I will say this about my team, though, real quick. Auburn, as weird as it is, we've only been beaten by two top ten teams in the country, one of them on the road, and one of them is probably the – I mean, you should It's actually not probably. They're the number one team in the country in Georgia. I can take takeaways. No, we played Penn State. What was that? You should have lost to Georgia State. Oh, you well, second, yeah. But like, well, the thing about Penn State is we played with them very good. We only lost by like around a touchdown. It was like a one-score game. Georgia, yes, they took over. They beat the crap out of us to a certain point. But we also had like bright spots in that game. We took the first drive down and scored points, which nobody I think's done to Georgia this year. And we scored in the third quarter, which nobody had done this year. Uh, and we had scored a touchdown actually in this game to where people hadn't even scored touchdowns on them in a pretty good amount of decent quarters. The weird thing about this is, is that as, if Auburn could get shit together and make the right moves here going forward, Auburn is in control of their own destiny. Because if they win out, we could win the West, which means that because we already beat LSU, we beat Bama, and we take care of Arkansas if we can beat Arkansas because they seem to be a pretty yeah, good team. Yeah. We could actually control our destiny if we win every game from here on out and be the SEC West champions and play in the SEC championship game. So we may not have a chance for number one in the foot. Number one thing, Justin. But then you have to beat Georgia again. You have to beat Georgia. Well, no, no, yeah, to be the SEC champions, we'd have to beat Georgia. But we can still make that game. So, like, that's one of the things about our coach that we're. I'm telling the teams, like, look, okay, guys, all right, national championship might be off the board right now. We've got two losses. Probably going to be really difficult for a two loss team to make it there. And we almost got beat by Georgia State or whatever. So, like, probably not going to be there. But here goes the thing: we can still be SEC champions. And that's what I would try to rally the troops around. So, like, that is pretty weird when you look at it because we're only got one loss. Everybody in the West now has one loss in the SEC. So, at least one loss. So, mm-hmm. we have control of our own destiny. Just got to win out. All right. On a, all right, so, so on uh, some thing we're going to – we're about to head out real quick. We're just going to highlight the Thursday night game real quick. But a couple of bows that need to tie. Unfortunately, BYU finally lost their first game. They won't be Well, yeah, because they stopped playing those garbage Pac-12 teams. Yeah. 
Yeah. Are you really gonna talk to me where 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 we just watched two of the worst defenses ever play on 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 fucking Saturday? Are you serious? Are you serious? Are you seriously saying as a Big Twelve football fan, seriously talking shit about the Pac twelve? Y'all don't even know what defense is. You're allergic. We to play defense. good offense. We play good offense. No, you because the defense is horrible. It doesn't matter if it's good, good offense. Spencer Rattler scores just, 40. Actually, don't play anything. They don't play anything. They just play garbage. They don't play anything. They, they play, play, they play very good football. I bet you Arizona State football. beats Texas. Arizona State yeah. beats I thought, Texas. So, uh, got beat by BYU. I thought so, Pac-12 BYU's was very good. The, uh, no, they're not. They just got beat by Boise State. Boise State's very good. No, they're not. I'm not they're freaking I'm the Mountain West. I know the Mountain West. They suck. Listen, I'm not going to lie here, guys. No, no, V sucks. The rest of the Mountain West sucks, too. I, I forgot the Pac-12 was actually in regular football. I thought they went on 7-on-7. Seven seven. I thought that's what Pac-12 uh, did. That's yeah, what they played 7-on-7. Yeah, yeah, seven yeah, seven. Yeah. Shout out with your SEC superiority, oh, saying, right, jackass. Dude, Get out of here. All right. Mm. All right, so let's highlight this, this Thursday night game. Shut up, Justin. What's your highest-ranked team in the Pac-12 right now? Eight. Get out of here, man. It's Oregon. Oregon Garbage. sucks. Texas is Garbage. barely 25, Caleb. Shut your mouth. Barely, you barely, you barely stayed in. All right, Thursday night, Eagles, Bucks, Tom Brady, Jalen Hurts, Devonta Smith, Mike Evans. Who do we got? Who we feel is gonna win? Caleb, we'll start with you, my man. Um, I think the Eagles uh, have a better shot than I thought before because of how they played against the Panthers. Didn't I didn't expect them to beat the Panthers? Obviously, um, their offense looks better. You know, then you know when we kick their ass, um, and I think they maybe they can uh, take advantage of the Bucks' bad secondary. So I think they can win. Will they win? No, because the Bucks still got Tom Brady and still got that offense and all those weapons, and uh, the Eagles don't really have much to stop them. Um, so yeah, I, I got I got the Bucks in this one. Justin, your thoughts? I'm actually going to agree with Caleb in most of his cases and points because the Philadelphia Eagles did look super good, and Carolina's defense is like one of the highest-ranked defenses in the NFL going into that game. But And I'm going to tell you this. As an Auburn fan, I just got through you know, bashing on Alabama. But let me tell you something. One of my favorite players that ended up being in college football and playing in the pros right now is Jalen Hurts because that guy got screwed by Alabama, got straight-up screwed by Alabama. And instead of, like, getting salt, you know, throwing the salt everywhere – and everything else, and making comments back and forth, and trashing Bama for it, and everything else. He was a consummate gentleman, man, like all the time. He's never said one bad word about that, even though he got screwed. And because of that, I have high respect for Jalen Hurts, so I root for Jalen Hurts. That's pretty weird for me to say because I'm an Auburn fan, but I root for Jalen Hurts, a former Alabama player, because he earned my respect. He reminds me of Cody Burns, a wide receiver, or quarterback that went to wide receiver for Auburn, because he kind of did the same thing. And and I just have high respect for them. So, like, I'm going to be kind of rooting for the Eagles. I think the Buccaneers are going to overall win this game. But uh, I think it's going to be closer than what people expected. I wouldn't be shocked if uh, the Eagles actually pull out the victory. All right. All right. Just because it's Thursday Night Football and weird shit happens there. Yeah, weird, yeah, weird shit does happen. Yes. Yeah, weird shit does happen on Thursday Night Football. But here's the thing that's not weird. Um, the Chiefs dropped 42 points on the Eagles. The, Panther, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were also dropped 40 points on the Eagles. And the Eagles are not very good. Dallas Goddard isn't playing. He's not playing. Uh, we need to remember that because he's in the COVID protocol. So he has, so he ha- he doesn't have his number one weapon there with him because Dallas Goddard is his number one weapon. And yes, the the back end is depleted. 
But you know what's not depleted? Their front seven, and the Eagles don't have an offensive line. What really makes up for a bad secondary? A great front seven with pressure. And that's what they, like Sean Murphy Button's injured, Jamel Dean is hurt, and Carlton Davis the third is hurt. Like, they're hurt. But, yeah, but the problem here is, is like Tampa Bay's front seven hasn't been helping out their back end too much in any of these games. Because you go back and look at these games, Tampa Bay's defense has got to be one of the worst ranked like against the pass in the NFL. They are. Cause, like, yeah, because they're corners. Yeah, because they got injuries and they're like weak at that position already. So like they already were going to get hurt a little bit during the season with that. That was going to be their weakest point of their defense because everybody's going to throw on them. But the point is, you just tried to make a counterpoint, right? Like your front seven can help the back end. I agree. Their front seven ain't been doing that damn good. Now, if you're right, if uh, Eagles don't have an offensive line, you know, th- this game might be different because, yeah, maybe they do get the pressure and affect the passing game enough. But that front seven ain't been affecting the passing game too much with all these other teams because all these other teams racking up points through there. It's like, let's don't, Tampa Bay ain't been, like, whooping people's asses. Let's don't act like they've been – going around, you know, pretending like they just still the Super Bowl champions a little bit. They, I, I, I understand that, but it's the Eagles, and I will never choose the Eagles. Yeah, that's right. That's I will true. never do it. Yeah. Never. So, yeah, going with going – I almost with, did just because, box. obviously, I love the color green. You know what I'm saying? That's the horrible decision because it's oh, the yeah. Eagles. <laughs> the Eagles. They're horrible. Horrible. I will root – I don't like them. I just don't like them. I will never root for them. You know, that's the only thing that I hold against Marisol. She's an Eagles fan. Uh, but yeah, well, on that note, guys, um, thank you guys for coming. Uh, make sure to like this video, guys. Uh, comment on this video when you guys watch it this Wednesday. Uh, Caleb, where can people find you, my man? Um, uh, NFL Caleb 22 on Twitter and all other social medias. Uh, also, you can find my betting articles on the let's get ready network.com. I went 3 1 1 uh, this week. Um, two weeks in a row, winning weeks. So if you want to make some money, right, man, please do. What is your what is your overall record so far over there? Uh, now it's fourteen, eleven, and two. I think. Yeah, I mean that's pretty good. If you would have oh, one, no, no, fourteen nine, fourteen, fourteen nine, fourteen nine and two. So yeah, so if you've been betting with Caleb this year, you came out big money, baby. You came out on the winning side of things. That's what I'm talking about. Way to go, Caleb. All right, Justin. Uh, yeah, man, you can find me at Handball77US right down there below, right there next to my name there, uh, on Twitter and all the good stuff. You want to uh, connect there, uh, give any suggestions or anything, just subscribe, man. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We got a Twitch channel as well. But, uh, yeah, let's get some subscriptions up, and that's about it. All right, guys, I'm Ferris Mathana. You can find me at Ferris Mathana. Find me here every Wednesday morning when the show releases. Also, Thursday Night Football, every single time we do our reaction sh- we do our recap show every Thursday, every Thursday night with my dog Caleb, and sometimes Justin pops in. Uh, uh, I think you know, may, I may, I may show up this Friday. Maybe I don't know. We, uh, you know, maybe you know. Maybe, yeah, me and Caleb been uh, doing some uh, things where, like, because I'm usually uh, they, off on they, Thursday night, they, but they we've watch, been watching ones. Yes, uh, and during the game, Caleb and Justin and I sometimes show up. They watch the game. It's a watch long of the game, and then we recap it after. Uh, make sure to like this video, comment this video, like I said. Uh, subscribe if you haven't subscribed. You know, that's cool. We're almost to 700. I think we're about eight eight or seven away. I think eight. Mm-hmm. Last time I checked. Uh, thank you for ch- tuning in. Stay safe and much love.